Hi, this is JP Mack, and welcome to Liberty Relearn, not just another conservative blog. Uh, we have a lot in the news this week, as seems to be the case every week um, for last, well, since this podcast has started. So, and I think it all d- ties into the um, conservative outlook, the conservative uh, way of thinking. And we'll we'll try and connect the events um, to how the the conservative point of view uh, sees sees these events. And so, of course, um, probably heard by now about the killing of a Atlanta man, Mr. Richard Brooks. Uh, he was uh, passed out in his car in in Wendy's parking lot in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, two police officers came to check out uh, what was going on. Uh, They talked to Mr. Brooks for a long time. Uh, Initially, he was cooperative and giving uh, the officers all the information they needed. But when it came to the breathalyzer test, um, he did and upon failing the breathalyzer test showing that he was indeed intoxicated the the police officer uh, in question atten- attempted to arrest him and uh as soon as he attempted to arrest him things changed and mr brooks resisted arrest he attempted to well he he assaulted the police officer stole the, or took the police officer's taser weapon and attempted to use it against him as he was attempting to flee the scene. Of course, Mr. Brooks was shot by the officer, um, well, ex-officer now, Mr. Garrett Rolf of the Atlanta Police Force, um, who's now being charged with felony murder with it which is a charge that carries the death penalty which is kind of ironic since in the other famous case recently of course mr george brooks uh, the officer was charged with second degree murder and uh, he's not going to be facing the death penalty and in that case of course we all watched uh, as uh, he seems to have ended the life of uh, Mr. George Floyd in Minneapolis, and and from what uh, we can see, there's really no attempt to resist arrest. And but here in in the Atlanta case, there was a clear video evidence again showing that Mr. Brooks was resisting arrest. Um, he did take the, the policeman's taser. He did uh, try to flee, and in process of fleeing, he also attempted to uh, shoot one of the officers with the, the taser gun. And it's kind of ironic that that one, that, that officer, who uh, I think has a clear case of justifiable homicide, uh, justifiable shooting, He's the one who is facing the death penalty. 
So to me, I mean, this is a clear case of a, um, a DA overcharging a highly politicized now case of, well, what they're alleging is police brutality. I think a policeman in most other jurisdiction would not even be facing charges. Um, they would not even be fired from the force. They would normally be uh, relieved from active duty and placed on administrative leave as the as the investigation was looked into and the facts of the matter were looked into by the police department. And if any charges would have to be filed, uh, normally that's how it would go af you know, after the police had conducted their initial investigation. But in this case, in the Atlanta case, uh, the DA leave clearly overcharged the officer, Mr. Ralph, um, in, in felony murder. I mean, that's, I mean, for that to be the case, I mean, there there would have to be, as I understand it, some other underlying crime, which would have been, you know, in, that the officer was also committing, and then the killing took place in the commission of that crime. At least that's uh, as I understand the law in that jurisdiction. So, seems like. And an over another case of charged, um, and I believe what's going to happen is the file or the, the charges will be reduced. Um, I don't know if the DA's strategy is to overcharge and then have the police officer plead to a lesser charge. Um, I think if I were the policeman's lawyer, I would be advising him not to do that and to allow, uh, given the circumstances of the the person clearly resisting arrest, I think that the best thing for the officer accused to do would be to fight this in court, have his day in court. And uh, I think once that happens... If the DA sticks with the felony murder charge, I think the officer will be acquitted. And, of course, that will almost inevitably uh, give rise to more attention in the city. Possibly more, another round of protests, maybe even riots in the city of Atlanta. Um, which is kind of... Uh, if you think about it, kind of ironic, because the only reason, the only logical reason for the DA to overcharge in this matter and for that officer to be summarily dismissed from the force um, would be to avoid any civil strife, any potential protest that could break out into riots. Um, I don't think that this decision was made with wisdom. Insofar as if the the justice if the if the system of justice proceeds as one would expect, I think the officer involved would be uh, would be um, 
would be released and his uh, charges would either be dropped or he'd be found innocent. And of course, you're really not saving any civil strife in that case. I think you're merely moving back the date of whatever uh, civil strife or protest would happen because again, I think it's almost inevitable. Uh, we saw that in the case of Baltimore a few years ago. Uh, it's almost inevitable that there will be some sort of protest no matter what happens. And so the idea that you're saving yourself uh, trouble, um, I think, is an erroneous idea. And you're merely moving the trouble down the road to a later date. I think that's unfortunately the most likely uh, situation. Of course, uh, a number of uh, Atlanta officers have um, not shown up for work. They've they've called in sick. Uh, what, what's uh, typically known as the blue flu. Uh, when policemen thinks that the, or members of the police force think they're one of their members has been wronged, um, that's something that you know, they'll tend to do in protest is that they'll 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 call out sick in mass um, in protest of the situation and I, I think they're they're well um, if not within their rights or they're well within reason to do so in this case I think this is a miscarriage of justice um, in the offing here and of course other uh, policemen uh, I believe in New York City are also considering uh, a protest walkout on July 4th. That's something I've heard. I don't know if they'll go through with it, but that's something that's being openly discussed amount, uh, amongst uh, the police. And, of course, they're already reeling from the effects of Minneapolis um, there have, you know, there, there's, I think there's been uh, a lot of open anti-police bigotry going on in the country. Uh, a lot of it is uh, misguided. I think some of it may be deliberate from um, activist groups, uh, active and, and of course there's the the calls for defunding and disbanding certain police departments, which of course is a ridiculous idea, but that's where we are. I mean, we're, I don't think that uh, the left is really considering uh, public safety in this matter. And of course, that's always been um, one of the uh, Marxist uh, goals is to disband the police department um, law enforcement, um, because, you know, it's kind of hard. They, the, the law enforcement will stand in the way of having your communist revolution, and I don't think they like that too much. And so you have that situation in Atlanta, and of course, related to that, you have a wave of protests. Well, I don't know if you can call them protests. Uh, there's a wave of uh, mobs, angry mobs, tearing down statues that are, uh, most of them are associated with uh, 
Confederate members of the Confederate um, forces, uh, Confederate generals such as Robert E. Lee uh, and other Confederate generals. There's a whole wave of mobs tearing down uh, their statues. There's also have has been a wave recently of angry mobs tearing down statues of Christopher Columbus. Of course, most of that is driven by um, some really bad history uh, written by uh, Mr. Howard Zinn, um, so-called historian who basically uh, wrote a textbook with a hugely distorted uh, version of American history, uh, and some of it is really um, just egregious, like, like it's not, you know, you, you can't even seriously call some of it history, and a lot of that has to do with, or part of that is uh, the story of Christopher Columbus, how he discovered America, of course he actually landed uh, in the in the uh, Caribbean islands and uh, were in the, the Bahamas and he of course is accused of of starting slaves starting a slave trade uh, murdering indigenous peoples and committing genocide and I don't know that the that the facts actually will bear out um, a lot of the resentment on the part of the left about Columbus. Not that he was such a great guy, but I think a lot of things um, being attributed to him were actually done by other members of the you know the other conquistadors, the other governors of the, of the. Uh, islands in the Caribbeans uh, at the time and I think that uh, we have a very distorted or what's been put out particularly by Zinn is a very distorted picture of Columbus now, of course he did open the Americas up to trade with Europe and eventually colonization and of course you know we're here in large part in, in this country in large part uh, to Columbus's initiative. I mean, good, bad, or indifferent, he did uh, open the way. Uh, he was the first, I guess, a prophet to make, you know, going to the Americas profitable. Um, and, of course, uh, in, in the long view, that's pretty much why we were all here. I mean, uh, we're, we're not here because of anything that Leif Erikson did a thousand years ago in, in uh, being the actual, we think, first European to set foot on North American soil. Um, I don't think that, you know, he, uh, you know, he was, he, I think he can rightly be attributed to uh, discovering America more so than Columbus. Uh, he didn't open up America uh, to trade and to come the same way that Columbus did a few hundred years later. So be that as it may, um, the uh, uh, 
Columbus has been made into a villain um, on the left by leftists. And of course, history, I think, will show that his legacy is a, a mixed one, but I don't think that he deserves the hatred and, and vitriol being thrown at him. And of, and, of course, there's a lot of distorted history around Columbus. But anyway, be that as it may, there are people who believe he's a villain, on particularly on the left, and they they want to tear down his statues, deface his statues, uh, wherever they find him. And uh, sometimes they they are basically allowed to do things, allowed to do that. Sometimes the member the members of the neighborhoods um, with the uh, Columbus statues. Um, resist and uh, protect the statues as they have done, uh, for example, in South Philadelphia recently. Um, large Italian-American population in South Philadelphia, and I don't, and to them, uh, Columbus is a hero um, to Italian, you know, a lot of Italian-Americans, and they resent the idea of mainly out people from the outside uh, coming, trying to topple his statue and deface his statue. So sometimes it's been resisted. Sometimes uh, it seems like more often than not, the mob uh, has their way and topples the statue. Of course, most recently, um, this has spread to San Francisco, where uh, angry mob tore down a statue, if you can believe it, of Ulysses Grant who fought for the Union uh, to free the slaves. Um, they, they, and then later, he, as president, he really uh, fought against the KKK. Um, he, was, he was not friendly with the Ku Klux Klan, and he did a lot to, to um, end their reign of terror, at least in that immediate Reconstruction era. Um, they would eventually come back to KKK would in the early 1920s. Um, but uh, Grant really um, had no use for them. And, and so it's kind of ironic that people claiming to be for uh, black people, the descendants of former slaves and, and other African Americans, that they would tear down uh, the statue of like one of the main people um, responsible for their their freedom or their ancestors being freed. Of course, mobs also uh, targeted a statue of uh, Francis Scott Key, who, of course, wrote the Star Spangled Banner. I'm not sure what they would have against him, and they uh, also um, vandalized. I don't know if they tore it down, but they they tried to take down or they toppled the statue of Saint Junipero Serra, um, the Californian missionary. missionary uh, before California became a state, he uh, was one of the original Catholic missionaries that uh, that started uh, preaching the gospel in California. And he established a lot of missions in California. And I suppose that the rationale is that uh, 
he's some sort of colonizer or led to the colonization, uh, particularly of Spaniards at the time, uh, into California. But, and there's, of course, even a uh, 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 statue in Boston, I believe it is, of um, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, it was a statue that was paid for entirely by free slaves. The statue of uh, Ben, or... Um, statue of Lincoln that uh, shows Lincoln holding an outstretched hand over a what what's apparently a recently freeze freed slave um, that african-american man uh, is kneeling in the statue and I think they wrongly interpret or the the mob wrongly interprets that as an insult uh, my take on it is that it's a picture of a recently freed black man, a former slave, and Lincoln is telling him, it's like, okay, now you can arise, now you can get up. But of course, you know, no charitable explanation uh, would be acceptable for the left. And we know that they really don't care about um, the historical truth about things. They, they have a, a reactionary mode, a very, it's, it's all emotional, um, very little, uh, intellectual, rational, um, thought going behind some of the toppling of these statues. But re what really bothers me, I mean, obviously, the, the toppling of these statues uh, bothers me a great deal in and of itself, but there's also the matter of a lot of times you have police they're called onto the scene as these statues are being toppled or or people are attempting to topple them or vandalize them, and a lot of times they just uh stand there and basically do nothing and they uh basically allow the statues to be topple, toppled uh, right in front of their eyes. Of course, doing that, if you're going to wreck a statue, that of course is, in every case, against the law. I think in some cases, I'm pretty sure that's a would count as a felony. Uh, and these uh, police officers, uh, in many instances... Um, do nothing to stop it. Um, I guess the rationale is they don't want to cause a riot. I don't know if they notice, but riots are already happening, and um, uh, toppling a statue is kind of a uh, form of uh, riot being directed against an inanimate object. Of course, you know, I could go into that too, about the wisdom of uh, toppling a statue or a person that's been dead for 150, 200, or 400 years. Uh, you know what, that stat, that's just a statue of Columbus. That, that statue cannot hurt you. Um, so you, uh, toppling that statue, I don't know what you hope to gain from that. I don't think that any 
a black person or any person anywhere is helped when a statue of even the worst Confederate uh, general or soldier is toppled. Uh, I don't think anybody gains from that. I don't know. Um, I'm at a loss to think of any way that a black person or anybody else would be helped by the toppling of a statue. But, be that as it may, we have, unfortunately, a lot of instances where the police are called and they simply watch the the uh, crime being committed in front of their eyes. I don't know. Um, I would assume that the order to stand down in these cases comes from uh, probably the mayor's or some other person in government, and it's not a decision uh, by the police department on on their own volition. Uh, it would be an awful shame to think that uh, rank-and-file policemen are, are happy with the idea of people uh, committing crimes right in front of their eyes and not doing anything about it. I would like to think that each one of those officers called to the scene uh, when one of these statues is being torn down. I think, uh, I like to think that they have a tremendous sense of uh, shame and humiliation uh, at the hands of these uh, these mobsters, these people, um, these thugs in the gang. Um, I can't imagine it feels too good to be a policeman whose basic job is to protect people and property. Um, we tend to forget the property part, but the property is part of our society too. It's part of um, a civilized nation that, uh, at least in uh, uh, free countries, the, the Western free countries uh, and other free countries that you can have uh, property, personal or private property, and that property has to be protected. And the people charged with protecting that property are the police. And um, for you know, and so this gives me a bit of cognitive dissonance seeing this because on one hand, you know, as I just mentioned, the 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 cops, the police get a raw deal from the general public, at least a lot of the public, um, that's due to being misinformed or misguided or just having the wrong idea about police and being um, basically uh, acting a lot of times on falsehoods about police. So... I know that the police, on one hand, are being wrong. I think uh, excellent case of that, um, where uh, the police involved are are wrong. But then, on the other hand, you see police for for whatever reason failing to uh, protect the property. This is often public property on public lands where these statues are. And these statues are being destroyed in front of their eyes. And I can't imagine as a policeman that would feel too good. And I would hope that there's a certain sense of embarrassment, even shame, 
that uh, these policemen are not preventing that. I mean, the idea of not um, stopping uh, the uh, statue from being toppled or some other monument from being defaced or vandalized, I think that kind of flies in the face of reason. Uh, even if you're worried about some civil unrest, I mean, a policeman watching a potential bank robber uh, burst into the side of a bank with explosives, you know, he's not going to cordon off the area and just make sure that the uh, felony is conducted in a peaceful manner and, and doesn't uh, affect the rest of the community. I, th I think that uh, if policemen were watching a bank robbery in progress, I think they would attempt to stop it. Um, so I don't know, I'm not sure what the difference is um, when it comes to protecting uh, uh, statues. I mean, obviously, what, what the leaders would say, probably the mayor involved, will probably tell you is that it's just a thing, it's not a human life. But of course, it is part of the community, the community um, as a whole, um, that is a feature of that community, of that neighborhood. And I don't think that most of the time, the people in the neighborhood um, want their statues and monuments being torn down. It's also ironic, of course, that the same Democrats talking about um, things like Russian interference in the election and Trump is going to steal the election and uh, voter ID laws are anti-democratic and democracy, 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 uh, until it comes to a uh, mob toppling down a statue. Which, I mean, as I understand it, I'm, I would think that uh, the proper recourse for taking down a monument or a statue that is offensive by the community would be to, to have some sort of vote, some sort of plebiscite on the matter, or have their representatives and government um, take care of the matter and, and have the disposition of the monument in question uh, be handled uh, in a democratic matter. And of course, when you allow a mob to take down a statue in anger, uh, of course, that circumvents the whole democrat uh, model, the whole the whole democratic process. So I, it's kind of funny that Democrats will talk, you know, from each side of their mouth about democracy, 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 until, of course, you know, a serious matter comes up that should be decided democratically, and they have no problem, um, or at least they give tacit approval to mobs tearing down things, rather than going by the democratic process. I mean, we know that the process can work, um, if it's allowed to work. Of course, there's the example of, uh, Nikki Haley, when she was the governor of South Carolina, uh, there was a rebel flag, rebel battle flag, flying from a monument 
at the South Carolina Capitol. Uh, of course, she had that removed. Um, she took a lot of flack f for that, particularly from some members of the conservative circles and conservative circles. She did take a lot of flack from that. And, um, but I think she made the right call. And of course that she took the, uh, stars and bars from the South Carolina flag, moved them and, and replaced them with the older, I think, believe the older version of the South Carolina flag and kind of diffused that situation. But this, that was a case where the, the mob wanted the, the surely wanted to tear down that, that, uh, flag. And, and of course they, uh, but once the democratic process was allowed to work, I mean, maybe it took longer than some of the people would have liked it, but that's the way democracy works. You know, everybody has to get a say. And, um, the democratically elected governor, uh, saw fit to remove that, um, the flag from the, the Confederate flag from the state capitol. And, uh, but they didn't burn it or they didn't tear it down. They, they removed it. They did it in a solemn ceremony and. I believe it, it is somewhere in some Confederate museum somewhere else in the state. But the point is that the mob didn't get their way in that case. And so it's, I think that the Democrats, if they want to have talk about integrity for their position, I think they should not, they should condemn the mobs tearing down statues. I don't care uh what the statue is of uh, some confederate general i don't care if it's like a uh statue of a clansman maybe it's a statue of uh, robert bird who knows but some statue of uh, some clansman or some some noted bigot um you know maybe of uh lbj perhaps being tore down um, that it be done in, in a civilized process through the democratic process and the Democrats in power not give tacit approval to these mobs attempting to tear down the statues and the monuments. And so it is a, um, ironic position that they have. And I think that we need to call them out on it whenever we see it. Because, um, you know, we, I don't think a lot of us believe uh, a lot of the Democratic leaders mean it when they, they talk about democracy. I think they mean it when it suits them. But when it doesn't, of course, they're perfectly fine with uh, mob rule. Uh, they're perfectly fine um, with uh, having judges make laws, uh, create virtual legislation, as was the case with the Supreme Court in a couple different rulings recently. Um, not really to get into the details too much, but there have been several instances where there 
um, particularly in the case of the DACA program. Uh, uh, President Obama enacted DACA. Uh, the Supreme Court acknowledges that he didn't have the right to do it, that that's something that should have been done by legislation, and they were right in that aspect of the opinion. But then, of course, uh, with Justice Roberts, they found the way to blow it and say, but you can't do it the way that uh, Trump did it. And so now you have a virtual law. The, the DACA program is a virtual de facto law. Um, and so the, the Democrats are perfectly fine with uh, circumventing the democratic process uh, when it suits them. And then all of a sudden, when it doesn't suit them, uh, like in the case of voter ID laws, they cry foul. Um, but I think uh, we need to point out their inconsistencies when it comes to matters of democracy. I think uh, it's hard to take um, them seriously when when they complain about these other matters, you know, and then they say really nothing of substance. There's no condemnation of the mobs tearing down monuments and things of that nature. So I guess in summary, um, I'm a little bit disappointed in our law enforcement. Um, I'd like to think that their lack of action in these matters is attributable to um, just weak uh, mayors uh, or maybe governors in this case um, because like I said, there's no way of getting around the fact that they're allowing uh, crimes to be committed in front of their eyes. Now whether or not, I think I'm, in a lot of cases of the protesters that tear down the statues are being arrested after the fact, I mean but are they going to be made to make restitution? Are they going to pay for the damages that they've done? Um, I think a really gutsy move would be that a uh, statue, even if it's a Confederate general statue, if it hasn't been decided upon uh, through the legislative process, the democratic process, that they should put it back up. They should have that statue restored, and it should be put back up, and then it should be put to the vote. And I think the only people who should have a say are the people in that community that have to look at that statue every day. And of course, if there's somebody for whatever reason, they have to look at that statue every day on their way to work or their their way, you know, just make, you know, doing everyday things. Maybe they're offended by that statue. Maybe, you know, they need to get enough people behind the movement and have that statue taken down. But it needs to be done peacefully and not violently and certainly not according to mob rule. It needs to be done according to the democratic process. So I hope that the um, police in this matter, I think um, to the extent that they have control over whether they arrest these people, I think they, they need to um, protect the property. Uh, this is often the case that it is public property that's being damaged and destroyed and they they need to do something about it. I think it looks really bad for them to do, be uh, 
scene on TV in particular just just standing there doing nothing or apparently doing nothing maybe they're arresting the people after the fact but you know it's a little bit too late when when a, a statue of US Grant has been torn down and vandalized and and things like that so I think that um, police need to re-examine what, what they're doing in those cases and I think that the people uh, need to let the police know particularly in these places where uh, there are monuments in question that maybe want to be torn down I think that the people need to let them know that they support them in what they do and that if they want to take action against people uh, desecrating a memorial or uh, that that, um, that uh, they will support them in their action their their lawful action to uh, prevent the commission of a crime or or to prevent further commission of crimes I think that the show of public support saying hey if you arrest go out and arrest these guys we have your back we're going to support you all the way um, because we know that you're showing us that these monuments and the democratic process and legal process and the rule of law need to be followed and we support you when you uh, support that rule of law and also you need to tell the uh, mayors in these cases I think they needed to be chided uh, by the public um, saying hey you're, you're allowing this you're tying the hands of law enforcement in a lot of these cases uh, this needs to stop I think that the uh, mayors um, city councils I think they have this Pollyanna view that they're trying to stop civil unrest but you're you're fighting civil unrest by not fighting it and ultimately that's a self-defeating uh, strategy because um, I'm reminded of a quote that's often attributed to Leon Trotsky the uh, Russian dissident who helped form or was active in the Russian Revolution and I don't usually quote uh, Russian communists particularly in a um, a non-negative way but Leon Trotsky I think was uh, telling us um, how it is and the mentality of the people uh, the mobs doing these things when he said or at least the quote that's true to him uh, is that war you may not be interested in war but war is interested in you um, I believe he was talking about conflict being uh, you may not be interested in conflict but conflict is interested in you but at any rate I think that um, that's an example of a Marxist telling us kind of warning us um, what their feelings are and I think that our leaders need to take heed of that I think they need to uh, take words like that uh, for real and they need to wake up for to the fact that um, that there's a real problem 
in this country. Uh, for the last few decades, we've been engaged in a cold civil war. I think that cold civil war is, is right now in a transition phase um, to a hot civil war where people are actually, Americans are actually killing other Americans. I think that is a highly unfortunate set of circumstances, and I would hope that I'm wrong about that. Uh, but as I see it, we are currently on a trajectory for violence, and I think they should heed the words of Trotsky or his uh, sympathizers and uh, say that, yeah, you may not be in interested in war, you may not be interested in conflict, but conflict is interested in you. And I kind of also liken it to the days just before 9-11 um, when, you know, the uh, jihadists, the Al-Qaeda, they, you know, it, we became, um, you know, they were at war at us, with us for a long time before we recognized the fact that they were indeed with war, you know, they were at war with us. Uh, but we weren't at war with them, and I think we're now at that uh, point in history that's very similar to the years and months um, headed up to 9-11, um, where we have one side that's already engaged in acts of warfare against the United States, and American sentiment just has to catch up to the fact of course, sooner or later, the um, these insurgents, um, for lack of a better term, I think that's a pretty accurate term myself, these insurgents will grow tired of uh, toppling monuments, and uh, they're going to turn to more destructive things. Um, I would not be surprised if we start seeing them uh, doing things like desecrating the graves of American soldiers uh, in national cemeteries, maybe in Arlington, in uh, other places, I think we're going to um, see that. I think um, you're going to see more monuments um, to, uh, well, we've already seen one of George Washington in, in Portland torn down and uh, a American flag burned, uh, you know, draped across his face and burned over in Portland. Um, so there is a group of people that are indeed at war with America. And I think we have to wake up to the fact that, you know, that we have people who are trying to, um, their ultimate goal is the violent overthrow of the United States government. I mean, that's, that sounds like strong words, and uh, in a sense, I don't believe I'm even saying that, but um, here we are. I mean, it would have been, you know, who knows, like even a year ago, the thought of um, an insurrection in the United States occurring, I would have said, would have been remote. I think there was always a chance, particularly in recent decades. Um, but now we're almost at that tipping point 
there where uh, if we don't stop it now, then it will turn into some, uh, God forbid, some sort of uh, violent bloodbath where uh, Americans end up losing their lives. And I think uh, we need to um, reevaluate our, our thoughts on this. And uh, hopefully we can nip this thing in the bud. I think, because um, the, the, the more, the longer we let this go, the worse it's going to get, the harder it's going to be to stop. And uh, unfortunately, we're on a trajectory now where the mob is not going to be satisfied with toppling monuments uh, of even Confederate generals. They're not going to be satisfied with statues. They're going to move on, I think, to... Uh, desecrating graves of American soldiers, I think they are going to um, attempt to, um, you know, go after more clearly American things, uh, more monuments that uh, have no discernible connection with slavery or any kind of I don't know, fascist system, I think they're going to um, just go on to the heart of uh, American and Americana because um, the, they're, you know, they are at, some of them are at war with America and I think we have to wake up to that fact. All right, and uh, the longer we take in dealing Realizing it for what it is, um, trying to think that this is just some disgruntled people um, who are uh, who are mad over the killing over uh, people by police. I think we've gone past that. I think that uh, there is a certain movement, an anarchist movement. Um, communist movement, Marxist movement, um, kind of all working hand in hand, and their goal is the, the violent overthrow of the United States government, and like I said, it's not something that I say lightly, or um, really without like severe um, reflection on my part, but that's where we are now. And if we don't take care of it now, it's only going to get harder. Um, so I hope that we change our view of what's going on. And uh, hopefully we can stop this before it becomes more widespread. And, uh, and the, the insurgents run out of statues to topple. And they don't start moving uh, to people. Okay, so that is uh, my thoughts for today. I think um, we are in a serious situation here. Um, but I think we can get through it uh, if we just act prudently. Uh, we just recognize the fact for what it is, and we don't accept the status quo of what's going on. And we try and uh, take steps to to stop it um, 
because you know there is a movement that was legitimate and, and has some legitimacy maybe uh, about uh, police brutality and things of that nature that has indeed been hijacked by people who have different goals that are um, um, not happy with uh, simply changing the laws for regarding police brutality. Um, so, again, um, like to um, just remind you, uh, well, first I'd like to thank you for listening. I appreciate your listenership, and I hope you will be back again next week. Uh, I release this at the end of the day on Sunday, so you'll have something to listen to on Monday on your ride to work and your ride home to from work at the end of the day and maybe back to work on Tuesday. And we appreciate your listening. Uh, I hope you will check out libertyrelearn.com for more, I guess, deep discussion. Uh, I think I tend to discuss things at a different level. Not that it's better or worse, but it is a different level of discussion um, when you read the written word on libertyrelearn.com. And also, I hope you will follow us on Facebook. Uh, Facebook is more uh, the current events-oriented um, commentary. Um, so if you want to uh, follow things on a day-to-day basis, more timely basis than just once a week, uh, f- you know, follow us on Facebook and, of course, Everything that uh, gets posted on um, libertyrelearn.com and this podcast uh, eventually makes its way to Facebook. So I hope you all follow us there too. And of course you can support us. Um, I think on most platforms, if not all of them, there is a way to contribute. And I think I, that would be great if you can. Of course, uh, things are tough all over. I realize that, but you know there are expenses uh, related to um, you know keeping a a um, website up and and things of that nature. And hopefully, we can do more things in the future that will get the word out um, to more people and. Of course, we rely mainly on word of mouth. Um, so if you like this podcast, um, don't forget to check out the uh, catalog of previous podcasts. Uh, there's not too many still. So you can uh, go back and uh, check them out as well if this is the first podcast you're listening to. Again, uh, thanks for joining us and uh, hope to... Uh, be able to talk to you next week um, on these on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. So please, if you like us, tell a friend, um, get the word out. That's the the main way that we grow right now is through you. All right. Until next week, uh, this is JP Mac. Um, stay happy and healthy and. Come back in a week.
Thanks.